Thanks for being a part of the Fearless Army. Drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and when you do, ask me a question in the comments. Each week, we'll compile your best questions and answer them on air. Welcome back uh, to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock. Happy Tuesday to you again. Uh, This is part two or the second show uh, that we have for today. I hope you caught uh, the earlier show. Steve Kim and I, Brett Favre and I talked some great sports topics. Uh, This second show, we want to get more serious and continue the conversation on Israel, Hamas, and Palestine, and and the Middle East, and all of that. A more serious show. I wanted to separate that from the sports talk. Anthony and Virgil uh, will come on at the back end of this show, and we'll do some Tennessee Harmony, and we'll get a biblical perspective on what's going on uh, in Israel and and how we as believers uh, should feel about it. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, Awesome show awesome fire starter for you here in a second i want to take care of one of our great sponsors uh before we start this samaritan ministries tired of someone else telling you where to go when you have a medical need are you ready to take control of your health care samaritan ministries could be the solution you're looking for they connect hundreds of thousands of christians across the nation who come together through prayer encouragement and financial support when a medical need arises It's not insurance, and you're not limited by restrictive networks. Say you have a medical need. You don't have to check and see what hospital is in your network or be concerned about the doctor being in network too. No, you go to the hospital you choose and don't give a second thought as to what's in network and what's not, because with Samaritan Ministries, you're in control of your health care. Afterwards, fellow members pray for you and send money directly to you to help you pay your medical bills. And when they have a medical need, you'll do the same for them. That's what biblical health care sharing looks like. Check it out today at SamaritanMinistries.org slash fearless. All right. <clears throat> Let's uh, get to uh, this fire starter. Uh, it's going to be great. I'm, 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 I don't know how much time I'll need to get through this, uh, but we'll hear from Anthony and Virgil. Uh, when I'm done, buckle up. This could be interesting, or this will be interesting. Uh, start, you know, and before I even get, start pounding that like button, start, hop in the comments, tell your friends to come watch this show. Uh, if you're oh, listening over Apple, give us that five-star review. Uh, leave a review of the show as well. Help us fight the algorithm. Do all that stuff. Uh, now, let me get to this fire starter. The tragic events happening in Israel and along the Gaza Strip made me think of Peter Thomas, the greatest voice in the history of American television. Thomas narrated one of my favorite TV shows, Forensic Files, a series of 30-minute documentaries that recounted the resolution of a real-life murder mystery. Before finding TV fame, Thomas served in World War II, an Army infantryman Thomas stormed the beaches of Normandy and fought during the Battle of the Bulge. 
He received a Purple Heart and Bronze Star. Later in life, he dedicated much of his time supporting the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum. The old school American hero was blessed with a set of pipes, an elderly, soothing storyteller's cadence. His voice oozed wisdom. For me, he uttered his most memorable Forensic Files line during the season six premiere. He relayed the story about the murder of Carolyn Killaby, a woman from the Pacific Northwest. Thomas said the local prosecutor shared with him a bit of wisdom that applies today. Take a listen. Before you look at outlaws, you have to look at the in-laws. Before you look at outlaws, you have to look at the in-laws. The point being that when it comes to violent crime, most of the time, the perpetrator is someone very close to the victim. I wish Peter Thomas were alive today to narrate the tragic, deadly events plaguing our society. He would instruct us to first look within. I spent Monday and Tuesday this week talking about the tragedy that befell Israel. Among other things, Hamas terrorists killed babies and raped and tortured women. It's an atrocity, the likes of which we haven't seen in my lifetime. It's the type of act that could spark global conflict. So far, it has provoked politicians, pundits, and influencers to rush to microphones and social media apps to fire off angry hot takes. Presidential candidate Nikki Haley implored Israel to finish Hamas and or Palestine. Daily Wire founder Ben Shapiro has unleashed a handful of profanity-laced tweets and memes that appear to call for retaliatory and escalated violence. I understand the raw emotion, particularly for American Jews with close ties to Israel. But I also understand the caution and confusion of other Americans. The last 60 years of American history has taught us to look at our in-laws before nuking the designated outlaws. Just 20 years ago, America invaded Iraq because George Bush, Dick Cheney, and Colin Powell told us Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. A few years earlier, American citizens surrendered their privacy and our lawmakers passed the Patriot Act because Osama bin Laden masterminded a plot to bring down the World Trade Center towers with airplanes. He also apparently sweet-talked Building 7 into a suicide collapse. Three years ago, our, rule, our rulers used the COVID pandemic to change election procedures and normalize mail-in voting and election month rather than election day. 60 years ago, a beloved U.S. president was assassinated in broad daylight. The secrets of that assassination are so damning that the files are still hidden from the American public. I pointed this stuff out yesterday on my show. The theme of our show yesterday, conspiracy weary. A woman emailed me a reaction to yesterday's show. The subject line of her email read, dead babies are not a conspiracy. Here's what she wrote inside the email. I love your fires, but I'm not sure that I follow today's. Conspiracy weary is accurate, but I don't get the connection to the terrorism that occurred in Israel. Facts are not a conspiracy. A lack of innocence died, 
a lot of innocents died or are in danger today. But Jews, both Jews and Palestinian people that are innocent are in danger. Facts. Hamas or Iran have never hidden their disdain for Israel. So I, I want to be clear, and I'm, I'm not using the woman's name because I'm not even going to use her first name. Well, I will. Her name's Amber. Amber, I want to be clear with you. I'm not, no one is denying the danger in or the atrocities that occurred in Israel. I'm not doing that. In no, they happened. I've seen the proof. I've seen the evidence. I'm in no denial of it. I'm asking you and everybody else to remove emotion and ask important questions before deciding what to do about the atrocity. An analysis of American and global history of the last hundred years suggests there are powerful secretive forces who manipulate world events to promote endless war and conflict. Before we co-sign Benjamin Netanyahu finishing Hamas and Palestine, I'd like to know how Hamas circumvented Israeli and American intelligence agencies to inflict this level of damage. I want to investigate the in-laws. I want to make sure the global elites who keep saying the world is overpopulated aren't trying to provoke World War III. The fictional TV show Game of Thrones was based on the theory that there's no amount of depravity man won't commit to maintain and or acquire power. In an attempt to claim the throne, the Iron Throne, Stannis Baratheon had his young daughter burned at the stake. Real life world history is littered with examples of tyrannical governments committing human atrocities. Do you think all the Obama administration drone strikes spared women and children? Do you think Antifa is incapable of the kind of depraved violence we just saw from Hamas? Are you that naive? Our political leaders in both parties condone the violence of Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Antifa and BLM are terrorist groups that work for the Democratic Party and globalists. As long as the global elites keep arguing that the world is overpopulated, I believe they're capable of extreme violence to achieve their goal of depopulation. The people who promote crushing babies inside the womb wouldn't have a problem with beheading a few hundred children to ignite global conflict. They hate humanity. Every political position they take, from transgenderism to gay marriage to abortion to experimental vaccines to normalizing obesity to feminism, it all leads to death and depopulation. From my vantage point, Hamas shares the same worldview as the global elites who hate humanity and think women should be treated as men. The people who have no problem exploiting children on Epstein Island, at drag shows, inside Planned Parenthood facilities, and on gender-affirming operating tables. The in-laws are the real outlaws. The last 60 years has taught me to check the alibi story of the elites before I solely blame the desperate peasants.
That's my fire starter. I'm now going to expound on my fire starter. I'm taking a lot of heat for uh, not hopping on board with the approved narrative and reaction to what happened in Israel. People are uncomfortable. People are mad. People are basically subtly messaging to me, very subtly, stay out of this, Negro. Let the Jews handle this. That's the message that's clearly coming to me, is that I don't, I don't know enough, don't talk about this, and it, I've admitted what I don't know, and that's why I'm not making any suggestion about what should be done. You haven't heard me criticize or say, hey, uh, they shouldn't attack Hamas. They shouldn't uh, do whatever they're doing in Gaza because I don't know. I don't know what should be done. I do know emotion needs to be removed because I've seen emotion used against us time and time and time again. And I've seen the consequences of us reacting emotionally and getting all wound up in the moment and where, what that leads to, to a 20 year war in Afghanistan. Because we got wound up. And so what I'm arguing and what I'm suggesting is very consistent with all the themes that we talk about on this show. Have you ever heard me talk about preborn and the mindset that we must adopt that life begins at conception? Because the people that don't believe life begins at conception, in my view, in my opinion, don't treat life outside the womb properly with the level of respect. They don't have a, a belief in the sanctity of life. And so I get everybody's rushing to social media apps to put these horrifying pictures out of what happened in Israel. And, and, and I get it. But those pictures don't move me any more than what I know happens inside a woman's womb when they crush that baby inside the womb and then suck it out through a tube. These things are all connected. This mentality, this sick, secular mentality that we have globally, but here in America, the leader of the free world, Israel's strongest ally. This mentality, this mindset that we have that doesn't have respect for life, doesn't understand that life begins in the womb, that mindset is what is driving all of this violence and what keeps us in this perpetual cycle 
of war and what keeps us believing that the world is overpopulated and anything that we can promote that leads to more destruction, more to death is a good thing. And so I'm talking about a mindset and a cultural problem, a cultural decay, us moving away from God, getting wound up by emotion, and then being provoked into very secular and godless reactions to things that end up having unintentional consequences. And so I get and understand the people who visit Israel, have family in Israel, have been directly impacted by the events that have transpired in Israel. I get their emotion and I get their outrage. I'm not critical of it. But as an American citizen whose tax dollars and whose safety may depend on how things are handled in Israel, I have a right to talk about what's in the best interest of America and American citizens and why I get to explain why many of us here in America are say, whoa, let's think about this for a second. Let's let's pump the brakes. I, I understand the people directly involved and directly impacted. But when they flew those planes into the World Trade Center tower, I saw us as America that was directly impacted. I saw our emotions used against us and used to justify invasions in Afghanistan, invasions in Iraq, and a war that went on for 20 years, and, and the implementation, the passing of the Patriot Act, the surrendering of, of privacy and freedom. And we're not more safe. We keep sacrificing all kinds of things. We keep being provoked into emotional reactions to things that don't lead us to a better place. I saw people use fear when we were all directly impacted by COVID. I saw America have, and the world, but I'm just gonna talk about America, have a very emotional, fear-based reaction. Hey, let's do mail-in ballots. Let's keep kids out of school for two years. Let's force a vaccine on people who don't need a vaccine. Let's demonize people that, that don't want to take the vaccine because they know they don't need it. Let's portray them as the enemies of humanity. Literally, I mean, like some of the, some of the same things that are being said and the reaction, the over-the-top emote, which I understand, but I've seen that used against us. And I've seen it lead to unintended consequences. So I'm just saying, let's just pump the brakes and let's give it a thought here. And let's ask some real questions and not just respond emotionally in the moment. 
It's a fair reaction. And I'm seeing people demonized who, who are just suggesting. Let's don't react emotionally right now. Let's just let's don't give in to emotion. I'm being demonized for it. And, and soon I'll be called an anti-Semite for even offering an opinion about what events that could impact America. Do we have, I asked for, uh, Dave, tell me in my ear, someone text me, I, I, I want to play the clip of Dan Bongino. D did we grab that clip? We did, yeah. I, yeah, I, I want to play the clip of Dan Bongino and, and, and just, because this is where we're at right now as it relates to American safety and, and, and why me, you, and everybody else gets to have an opinion about how America should react to the events that happen in Israel. We all get to have an opinion. I'm not going to have my thoughts policed. I'm not going to have a finger wagged at me and told, well, you're not Jewish, so you don't get to have an opinion on this. You, you all will have to cancel me, cancel my Chase uh, bank account, cancel all my other bank accounts, do it all. That's what you're going to have to do to shut me up. And I won't even shut up there. You, you, you're going to have to kill me. And I say that in all seriousness. I'm an American citizen living here in America. I've done everything virtually right as, a, <laughs> as it relates to obeying most of the laws. <laughs> I've been a good person, a tax paying person. I've overpaid my taxes. Brother, fathers, uncles, all served in the military. I've been a good boy. So I get to say what I think. And I don't need the permission of other people to say what I think about issues that impact America and me. I live in a major city. And I live right in the heart of a major city. And so... Your supremacy, your feelings of supremacy, you want to talk about anti-Semitism, your feelings of supremacy over me and my thoughts, I reject. Play the clip of Dan Bongino, who was in the Secret Service, connected to the intelligence agencies. Play the clip. Listen, I said the title of today's show. Keep your head on the swivel. That's not. Um, I'm being dead serious, folks. There's a lot of intel coming in and out. between a lot of very serious people. The situation in the United States is now at a DEFCON level. We haven't been at it a long time. There are unquestionably cells operating in the United States right now that are ready to impart a lot of pain and death upon people of the United States. I'm going to say to you today, if you can avoid big cities, try to. At least until things maybe simmer down a little bit. 
If you can avoid big cities, I understand, but keep your head on that swivel. Keep your eyes open. Keep the Bluetooth headphones out of your ears. Everywhere you go, look at the exit. Look. Look at it. You're sitting in a restaurant. I want you to understand there's an exit in the back of the kitchen. You're sitting in a movie theater. Try to stay somewhere where you can access an exit or sit near the end so you can get out quick. If you can arm yourself and protect yourself and you're willing to train with it, then do it. If you can't, I want you to understand that you could be a victim too. There's credible information out there, more than credible information, that some of these people, some of these savages are in the country right now. What they're planning to do, I don't know. There's some speculation that they're looking to buy rifles, maybe of the belt-fed variety, seek population centers, and do some damage like they did in California and Orlando. The fight is absolutely coming here, folks. Our border is absolutely out of control. We have no idea who's here right now. And clearly some of the people here want to do damage. I want you to listen to this. This is why Joe Biden is so incredibly dangerous right now. Joe Biden does not believe in anything, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Biden believes in whatever the radical left tells him to believe. The Ilhan Omars, the AOCs, the Bernie Sanders. Ilhan Omar, a clearly a sympathizer with the savage. I went after her last night on Twitter because she's, she doesn't know Jack. Dan Bongino is someone whose opinion I respect. I believe he's a serious person. He's not some troll. He, he's not looking to build an audience. He has an audience. He has a successful career. He has a history in the Secret Service and working in the intelligence lane and having connections and sources in that lane. The events happening in Israel affect us here in America. They may foreshadow events that will happen here in America. And so any assertion, any uh, position that, hey, uh, Whitlock, you don't, you don't know enough. Let the Jewish people handle this. this it's their issue. No, it's our issue. And this is the way people here in America feel. What Dan Bongino's talking about People in America are walking around concerned. We've had these open borders. We, we've sat around as the people in power, the people in power in this country allowed Antifa and Black Lives Matter criminals terrorize communities. This went on nonstop for years and we watched the people in power in corporate media, in politics, in the celebrity world, raising money to get them out of jail, condone all of this behavior. And I'm supposed to believe that those people that I've seen raise hell, burn, loot, uh, kill police officers aren't capable of domestic terrorism. 
I'm supposed to believe the Oath Keepers and the people on January 6th, that's the people I should be really afraid of? They're the biggest threat? I'm supposed to buy that? When I looked with my own eyes and saw what Antifa and Black Lives Matter were doing? Again, you're asking me to believe what I'm seeing as it relates to Israel, and I do believe it. I'm asking you to believe what we have seen here in America, and we've watched people run through our southern border. We don't know who they are. We know they're military aides. We know they're not seeking refugees. This isn't women and children seeking safety. And again, unlike any of my critics, I have generally speaking, always preferred to live in the city. And I made a choice when I moved to Nashville to live in the heart of the city. And I pay a lot of money to live where I live. And it ain't safe. Even before all this. I, 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 <laughs> I'm just keeping it real with you. I live very nice place. Very nice building. Very touristy spot. They drop bodies on my, on my street. Happens all the time. I don't want to... Oh. Everybody, <laughs> I live in a very touristy, expensive area where they drop bodies. Shootings happen. They got a hip hop club across the street from my high rise. They drop bodies. Nashville, very liberal. We got a woke crowd around here. And so when I hear Dan, ben, Dan Bongino talking about that, Talking like that. I'm not off in some gated suburb. I might be soon, but I'm not there now. Haven't been there the last three years, but I'm not off in some gated suburb. I'm right in the heart of what he's talking about. And so when, when I start saying like, hey, man. I, I, I want us to take a beat. And think about it, not react with emotion to, to what we're seeing over there because we need to make wise decisions. We can't keep being led by raw emotion on every decision we make. We keep having these unintended consequences that make us less and less safe. They're surveilling everything, allegedly, but they're not stopping major terrorist acts. They're targeting the wrong people. I, I, I don't, they're targeting Trump supporters. That's the biggest threat in the world, allegedly, here in America. And you wonder why I'm confused and cautious and feel like I'm being set up? We, we're allowing everybody to come through our border. We uh, basically message to all the radicals, all the Antifa left-wing Nazi radicals and Black Lives Matter radicals, any violence you do, we will excuse. We'll bail you out of jail. 
We'll get the judges to take it easy on you. We'll run you in and out of jail and let you commit any crime you want. And then we keep selling this whole diversity is our strength. And we're allowing all these people that don't have our values or don't have traditional American values to come into this country and they're out. I saw video of people out in Michigan. With a with a pro Hamas rally. Did I not see that? And again, I'm looking at everything that I've been shown. I'm looking at it all. This is a recipe for disaster. So I get to talk about it. And I'm going to talk about it. You'll have to cancel me. I'm America first. I'm not America second. I'm not America 1B or 1A. There's only one. I'm just America. There is no other country I'm concerned about. It's not that I'm ignoring or oblivious to what's going on in other countries. I, I'm aware how it has a connection to us. But we get to have this conversation here in America. I get to have this conversation. I'm not going to be silenced. They can shadow ban me on YouTube. They can sick the ADL on me. They can do whatever. I'm not going to be silenced. I'm going to go down running my mouth. And, and <laughs> very soon I'll be, I'm going to be just like what Obama said. Hold on to my Bible and my gun. Probably out in one of these gated suburbs. You're going to have to come find me out there. But I'll be loaded up and ready for you. <clears throat> so, uh, for those of you that have a problem with me expressing some concern about uh, potentially our emotional reaction rather than uh, mature, strategic, reaction to world global events and events that have happened in Israel. We're just going to have a problem. I'm not going to go sit in my corner and talk about what you approve me to talk about. And, and there, there's no denial over here from this show about what happened in Israel. None. Zero. Perhaps there's denial on your end about what we have been through here in America and why we have some very serious questions we want answered before we commit to doing anything. We have every right, given what we've been through. Just three years ago, the amount of lies and how they use COVID to steal our freedom, to punish our kids, to lock us in house, to have people still running around wearing masks, 
like that stops anything. And some of you people that are critics of mine were promoting the mask, promoting the vaccine. You were in on it. Your establishment. I don't trust the establishment and I don't blame the people that don't trust the establishment. The results from the establishment, the establishment positions have all been wrong. That's why you were promoting the vaccine and wearing masks and all that other garbage. Because you represent the establishment. I don't. And I'm not going to. <clears throat> I'm going to uh, calm down and, and get Anthony in here to say a little prayer and, and uh, get control of myself and have a more biblical conversation uh, here in a second. Uh, <laughs> it's quite the transition to... Uh, Talking to you guys about uh, one of our new sponsors, Prize Picks. Will you be testing your skills on Prize Picks this football season? It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. My mom sent me some of her picks uh, for this Thursday night's game involving my Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Travis Kelsey, more than a half of passing, receiving, or rushing TDs. Basically, he's going to score a TD. Isaiah Pacheco, the running back for the Chiefs, more than 16 and a half rushing attempts. And finally, Denver Broncos quarterback. My mom doesn't think he's going to play all that well. She thinks he's going to throw at least one interception. Uh, see if you're better than my mom. She's been doing well with Prize Picks. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Go to PrizePicks.com/fearless and use the code Fearless for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/fearless. Use the promo code Fearless. Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Tennessee Harmony next. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The Taylor Swift Infatuation, previously on Fearless. I always say the bigger the crowd, the better the stage. Last time I checked, so, I mean, we're talking about people that normally wouldn't watch football that's that's engaged in the game right now, you know? And Kelsey know that they're not a match, so that's why he's saying they're going a little far. They ain't got a show coming out where he had 50 women from 50 different states in line for him. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think he got a. I think he got a reality show coming out. Fifty women from fifty states after Kelsey. Yeah, 
<laughs> he invited this. Come on, man. You can you can't date a star like that and not expect nobody to, you know, show her. Come on. All right. What happened when Tony Romo had what was the girl up in there bouncing up and down with the number nine? Jessica on? Simpson. Yeah, there you go. I mean, come on, we had, we had fun with that too, but the Cowboys are horrible, so it's easy to go with them. You know, the Chiefs are pretty rough and you know that quarterback is, is is one bad man, so they gonna they gonna be on the scene for a while. You know, it was fun with Romo because he ain't gonna play well, and then she gotta go control him. So. All right, welcome back. Time for some Tennessee harmony, and boy, do I need it, uh, Anthony. Uh, start us off with a prayer. Get me in a better spirit. Father God, we're thankful for your blessings. We're thankful for this day. Father, we pray earnestly um, for the world at this time. Uh, Father, you know uh, the conflict that has taken place right now in Israel and all of the different layers that that play into that. Uh, Father, we pray for peace in that area. And I know that it seems like a difficult prayer, but Father, we pray because we come to a big God. Be with those around the world who are concerned, um, those who are prayerful about this as well. We're thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, So, guys, I want to start here, and then I almost kind of just want to, after my initial question, I almost just kind of want to turn it over to you guys and and go wherever you want to go, whatever you feel needs to be said at this time, uh, to give us a more, uh, a better understanding of the history of Israel and Palestine and what the Bible actually says about Israel. And so I I got an initial question, answer that, and then I kind of want you all to drive it. And so my initial question is, uh, does the Bible command us to support the Israeli people and Jews, or does it compel us, command us to support the state country of Israel? Mm, that's an interesting way to frame the question. Um, it would be really important to those who listen, those who read, etc., to really understand what Israel is, because how you answer that question determines everything and how you interpret the situation. Um, there was a people biblically, scripturally uh, that God called the 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 seed of Abraham, those who are Jews, and they later would become known as Israel. Um, But then even biblically, those people became called other things. If you look in um, in Galatians, Paul deals with this to call Israel or those who are of Christ, Abraham's seed. So if a person looks at, okay, are we supposed to support Israel in general? Well, if you're talking about those who are the spiritual seed of Abraham, yes. If you're looking at the ethnic Jewish people, um, there's a lane there to say yes. But the nation state of Israel now um, is different from what was biblically. And there's a completely different political structure um, and all of that. So that's where it begins to get hairy as to, okay, because right now you'll have people who say, hey, I support Israel, uh, speaking of the spiritual Israel, but I don't agree with the political structure. I don't agree with all that the country's doing. So it depends on how you define that uh, that term. Virgil. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I would kind of go back to the, the text of Scripture uh, where what we have is uh, the covenant of Abraham. You've got um, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, that's kind of the, the, the origin of the Abrahamic covenant. It reads this way. It says, I, the, uh, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so I think from that often people begin to look at how to respond to the nation of Israel today. I think Anthony said it incredibly well, which is there's different ways to look at this. Are we talking about the, the, the state of Israel? Are we talking about uh, the Jewish people of old? Are we talking about Abraham's seed? And does that include those who've been grafted in? So a lot of different ways to answer that. I, I, here's one of the things I would start with. What I don't believe that it means. I don't believe that it means that you sign off right off on everything that happens in Israel, uh, everything that happens to the Jewish nation or people. Uh, I think, Jason, you, you said in your, in, in your mono, which I thought was really wise, rather than jumping on board with everything that's happening, conspiracy, narrative issues like that, we've watched too many things happen in our society for us to jump on bandwagons. And I think there require, requires us to have prudence, to take a step back rather than checking off a box, following emotion and going down a specific rabbit hole for us to take steps back, knowing that, A, we're anchored to truth. Uh, we're anchored to what Scripture has to say. Uh, scripture doesn't give us a blanket uh, uh, check right for everything Israeli, right? And, and so we, we need to kind of mm-hmm. take s- some steps back and take a look now. Even as I say that, what I recognize what you recognized uh, in your mono. People are going to say, well, such and such wasn't a conspiracy. Those babies being hurt wasn't a conspiracy or the bombs that went off wasn't a conspiracy. And, and that's if, if people are hearing that, they're mishearing what I'm saying. Uh, what I'm saying is everything that we saw that was terror, I think we should label it as such. Uh, we should identify it as such. And, and not shy away from it, not look away from it and call it what it is, absolute evil. At the same time, we recognize as well that there's narratives that come out of uh, parts of the world based upon what we've experienced in our own nation, uh, whether it was the issue with Russia, Russiagate, or whatever the issue is, or, or, or issues with race and racism. We, we recognize there are narratives being, being put out there, and we need to take a step back. I think it's important for us to have this conversation based upon what does the Bible say? How do we as Christians think about good and evil? How do we examine right and wrong? And and do we have any kind of definitive uh, statement in scripture that says everything that Israel does is right and everything that someone else does is wrong? We don't don't have that. Uh, What we do have is a a promise uh, that those nations who blessed Abraham would would indeed be blessed. And I believe we've been blessed as a nation. And the reason for that, and I'll stop here, has more to do with our worldview, with with the way that we've see the world through the lens of scripture more than it has to do with a, a, a certain group of a particular ethnicity. So I'm going to stick to my word, even though I have a follow-up question, I'm going to stick to my word. Anthony, <coughs> is there anything missing from the discussion nationally on this show, anywhere that you feel like it's important for people to have top of mind? Yeah. The, what Virgil just said about, 
taking a step back, being prudent to examine what we're being fed, uh, having been to Israel, uh, Jerusalem, the West Bank, uh, having seen this and talked to people on the ground about what's going on. There are religious implications that play into some of the tensions that we see over there. All of my life, the prayer has been peace in the Middle East, probably most of your life, too. It's always been peace in the Middle East. But even understanding the upset has historical, generational, cultural, religious implications. And and when you look at this, yes, we also have to understand we're being fed a, a narrative, fed this. And so as long as we're going off of what we're fed and not understanding it and just doing some cursory research, we can come to a judgment about people's either side to say, oh, they did this. They did this. What Virgil just pointed out as Christians, we have a good versus evil mentality based on the fruit that we see. So I don't go in blindly saying, oh, I see this. And so we just make a judgment. He talked about what we looked at even within our country. We remember the phrase, hands up, don't shoot. A whole, you know, cultural war basically breaks out over this incident because of either side's perspective on what either one of them was fed. The same thing happens here. There are people in Israel and, and, and in the area right now who are innocent, who have nothing to do with the war perspective. They don't have anything to do with the political perspective. They're just trying to live and eat and function. But because of what happens, you have folk on either side saying, oh, I stand with Palestine. I stand with Israel. And some of that just becomes based off of even what we just read now, which is why I said we got to go back and look at, okay, do we even understand what the Bible means by Israel and how we interpret that? And if we interpret that as this, then does that mean that we demonize everybody else over there? Or do we really understand? I'll say this and then you, you jump back in. Even looking at uh, the area, uh, the West Bank, where many Palestinians are and the Gaza Strip and how even those entities function. You've got Hamas, who is a proxy uh, of terrorism. It, it, it just wreaks terror. And they're moving on behalf of something that everyday Palestinians are not moving from. They don't have that motivation. But because it impacts innocent Israelis, then their response is going to be to retaliate. And, it's, and then we're getting fed images. And, and to the average American citizen, we don't know the difference. We don't understand the culture. And so we look at this and we instantly say, oh, man, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. So Virgil made it very plain. We got to take some steps back and really take time to think about um, what we're being fed. I, I made the tweet the other day about most of the people that are commenting on it and, and with this vigor haven't taken the time to research, haven't taken the time to look at this from a historical, religious, cultural perspective don't understand the layout of the land, don't even understand the people. But we are jumping to conclusions because of what we what we understand the implications to be. Virgil. Yeah. 
anything that you feel like needs to be addressed and take as much time as you want. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I think one of the things that we need to think about, we live in a very, A, narcissistic culture, and, and B, every, everybody with a, with a microphone and a, and a, and a video camera uh, becomes an authority, uh, rather than recognizing that when you see situations like this, what more, more times than not you should be doing is, is taking steps back, thinking, researching. People have no desire to do that. In this instant, you know, Insta News world that we live in, everyone has their own, their own commentary, their own, their own show, uh, so to speak, and, and, and are beginning to speak into things. That's one of the things why I, I, I truly respect, Jason, the, the stance that you've taken, even though you've taken hits, because everyone wants you to, to respond immediately with immediacy. Uh, and the reality is a lot of what's happening requires some time. Uh, Anthony and I were talking earlier today. Uh, he, he's been to Israel. He mentioned in 2019. I, I've been in Israel in, in 2016. Uh, and, and even as we've lived life, one of the things that we recognize is when news events take place, more times than not, if you're on the ground where that's happening, what's actually happening and occurring sounds very different than the news that's reported where someone else lives. Uh, I've been to places and spaces, and, and Jason, I'm sure you're very aware of this. You, you're at a place or space where news is taking place. You, you know what happened in that space. You know what the attitudes of the people were, their, their feelings, what they said or didn't say. You leave that place to go home only to find out that how it got reported completely missed the point of everything that you experienced while you were there in that location. That that unique experience alone should cause people to pause and wait. Uh, being ha- having been to Israel, I know that there are certain areas of that country that are absolutely locked down. The security is un- unmatched anywhere else in the world. Uh, so the idea that 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 Hamas or others uh, were able to do as much as they did, as much damage as they did, without someone knowing what was happening, that's difficult for me to fathom. Having been on the ground. I, I think it requires us to push the pause button and to begin to ask additional questions as to why the breakdowns took place. I think those are very normal, uh, real questions that have to be asked, that have to be considered. And for you or anyone else to be demonized for being willing to say, hey, before I start you know, tweeting about X, Y, or Z, believing myself to be some uh, Middle East expert, I'm going to pause for a moment, let some more information come in and assess what's really happening. There's too much at there's too much at stake. We're talking about the potential for World War Three. There's too much at stake for us not to consider all of the factors involved before we pontificate about a certain direction we're trying to go. Well, it sounds to me like uh, you guys have just jumped right into the same boat and right in the same firing line <laughs> that I'm in, and we're gonna, we're all gonna be uh, ripped yeah. for uh, not saying, you know, blow them to smithereens, and mm-hmm. uh, but, and I, I want to be crystal clear, and I've I've said this earlier in the show, but but for me, and I think for. Anthony and and Virgil, who have both traveled to Israel. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't think either one of you guys would call yourself Israel experts. No, no, no. No. But we are American citizens, Mm -hmm. and we know that this event has implications for us right here at home. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, did y'all get to see the clip I played from Dan Mm -hmm. Bongino? Mm -hmm. And, and, And so we have a right 
and really a, a need to express some sort of opinion mm-hmm. uh, or responsibility, exactly, mm-hmm. to, to re- express some sort of opinion of like, hey, let's be cautious. We, we've we had our buttons pushed uh, on weapons of mass destruction, mm-hmm. and that led to a 20-year war. Mm-hmm. We, we had our buttons pushed on 9-11, and, and, and we still haven't gotten great answers for all of that. Mm-hmm. They still won't tell us about JFK. They got these files that they're hiding from us. And so if you're wondering why, I, all I'm trying to do on the show is reflect why many of us here in America are like, man, I don't know what to think. And, mm-hmm. and I certainly don't know what to suggest. They've put us through so much. I just think it's a very fair position I, I've been blown away at how much heat I'm taking for uh, stating this opinion. It, it, it seems, yeah, because I can remember the, when it first happened, they I tweeted out like, hey, man, we don't have to rush out here and give a hot take. Let's pray. Right. Let's research and right. let's ask questions. And I couldn't mm-hmm. wait to get you guys in here mm-hmm. uh, to, to ask further questions. And so I, I'm, I'm going to circle back to my original question uh, a little bit, just just so that I want it broken down so that even a baby could understand. I, at this point, where I'm at at this point, it's just like Israel is a country that's run by politicians and a government, and I'm skeptical of government and politicians. Mm -hmm. I'm in support of the seed of Abraham, Jewish people, mm-hmm. Jews, Israel. The mm-hmm. Bible commands me to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I don't feel comfortable saying I got to support everything the Israeli government wants to do. And I just don't feel comfortable saying that. And, and, and that's I'll get all a, right. I'll be accused of being an anti-Semite for saying that, I think. But no. that is the way I feel. But that's that's because that's how narratives sometimes move. They move from the original premise to another place. And now in order for you to respond, you've got to respond to all of this when really I just want to be back here at the beginning. So what you just expressed, hey, I'm reading my Bible. Uh, I'm not necessarily an expert on all of it, but I'm reading and I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion that and God loves Israel. God loved his people. He called them out. He, he, he saved them and he talks even to where Christ is tied into this narrative. And this is so important. And that's about as far as you've gotten. And that's OK. That's good. But the narrative has moved to, hey, you got to stand 100 percent with the nation state of Israel. And those may be, in some instances, two different things. So for you to be able to say with nuance, hey, I love Israel. I love God's people. And you can stop there to say, but, now, but, but, but the conflict that's going on, there are layers to this that are beyond where my faith and where my understanding of Scripture take me. But I can speak to, man, I don't want anything evil going on. I, I, either way, I, I, I condemn all the evil. So when you see these images coming in, and that's what, you know, in your monologue to the uh, woman who emailed you, when you see those images, when you say, hey, let's pause, 
Now, hey, let's pause has been translated to I don't care about these kids who've been harmed. I don't care about these women who've been raped. That's because the narrative has, has moved. And as Virgil pointed out, because we're so instant in our response, if you don't instantly say, hey, I stand with Israel, no matter what, I stand with Israel. Now you are anti Israel. And that has moved far from what. So what you just said, Jason, you are fine to say with where you are. And even within this discussion, man, I love God's people. I love the Jews. I love Israel as, as my Bible reading and understanding has has taken me there. Uh, and I want peace in the Middle East. That's a good place to land. Yeah. Virgil, I'm going to throw a hot potato in your lap. <clears throat> okay. And, and so... What do you think of my contention that, and and I've seen the images, they're horrifying. Mm -hmm. They don't strike me any more horrifying than the abortion process of crushing a baby inside the womb and then sucking it out through a tube. Am I wrong for making that analogy? And again, the whole message of this show is a big part of the message of this show is we life begins at conception and, and how you treat a baby inside the womb will impact your mentality of how you treat life outside the womb. And so I, I, I see the images from Israel and it's terrifying that they beheaded kids. I don't know if I, I don't see it as any different than beheading kids inside the womb. Am I, I'm going to get lit up for that, but that is the way I feel. Yeah, no, I, I I don't disagree with you there. And and again, I, I know that detractors will say, well, now you're engaged in whataboutism, right? Now now you're engaged in well, well, this happened in in Israel now, and and so you're saying, well, what about the kids here uh, in America? And and before before people do that, I think I think the the distinction here is to pump the brakes when you're watching uh, the, the Democratic Party in this instance who are saying, hey, this is horrible, or liberals who are saying this is horrible, what's happening to these babies, and they're using that as a catalyst to stir your emotion for a decision that they're going to make. Um, Those same people have no emotion about seeing a baby's head crushed in the womb. So I I I think that's a fair category and a fair assessment to make. Here's a, here's a Democrat or those who are advocating for abortion here in America, uh, yet they're concerned about these images that they're seeing, and, they're, and rightly so. They absolutely should be concerned about the images that they're seeing coming from a foreign country where babies are, are being slaughtered or, or massacred in any way, shape, or form. But they should equally be concerned at the policies that they're implementing that have babies in the womb being treated with, the, with, with, with little humanity uh, in, in, in like manner. And so those are the kinds of things I think are, are fair assessments absolutely uh, to make. I want to go back to something else that, that you mentioned or, or that, that Anthony was, was talking about earlier where, where we're looking at the issue of evil. There's nothing wrong with condemning Hamas and the actions of Hamas and saying that that was evil. Uh, there's nothing wrong with saying that defending uh, their their territory, those who are in Israel, that, 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 that that's a good thing. We believe the same thing here. What's one of the reasons why we want to advocate uh, for, for borders in our own country. But to have those who, again, are on the Democratic side who are saying, yes, borders for Israel, but no borders for us or borders for Ukraine, but no borders for us. I think that's a fair assessment to, to point to that level of hypocrisy and ask some questions that those who are motivated now by what they're seeing in a foreign country 
What what are, what, is, what are their motives for trying to stir our emotions to something happening in a foreign land while at the same time promoting the same behavior in our own country? You mentioned it in your monologue. We're, you're America first. Right. So, so I think anyone who has that mindset or and, and, and believes that should be asking those questions. I think all of us as Americans, as American citizens, should be asking those questions. I think we can do those in line with the Bible that we hold dear, uh, with, the, with the scriptures that we, that we cling to, our guns and our scriptures, right? Like Obama mentioned. I think we can do that, ask the right questions, and, 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 and allow the naysayers and those who would look at us with a, with, with, you know, with a side eye to openly say what they say. Uh, we'll take the criticism, but our position is one of consistency rather than one that's inconsistent. Also, I just think that I'm, I'm trying to point out a mindset that leads to wickedness and to evil. And, and if we don't correct the mindset, we're going to get on this hamster wheel of, of going to war, millions of taxpayers' dollars, Kids, American kids sent overseas uh, to fight in endless wars uh, for other people's uh, safety. And, and, you know, it, it protects our safety as well. But, but this cycle of our tax dollars and our own house, and that's the part, our own house isn't cleaned up. We're not safe. Mm -hmm. Again, our borders are open. Dan Bongino is telling all of us that his information tells us we should all be concerned and scared. And so there's a lot of Americans that feel like, hey, we got to clean up our own house. Things have gotten way too secular, way too ungodly, way too chaotic, way too away from the natural order mm -hmm. before we can continue to, to finance and participate in endless wars that allegedly provide a safety that don't seem to be providing a safety. Again, we've handed over all of our privacy and a lot of our freedom for safety, and we're not more safe. Yeah. That's we didn't see this one coming. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's it's yeah. it's just hard for me to hop on board with. And so uh, you know, I'm not gonna play victim here. Uh, at all, because I'm not a victim, I, I, I am going to say that uh, uh, I'm not going to back down. I'm, I'm going to uh, continue to say what I want as an American and talk about things that are, are clearly involving the safety of American citizens. And if, if I get called every name in the book for not hopping on board with whatever is popular at the moment, I'll deal with that. I'm Anthony Virgil. Uh, you got final thought, and again, take as much time as you want. Uh, anything else that perhaps needs to be discussed that we haven't thought about should be top of mind for people. Mm -hmm. Just, just a word of of prayer for uh, the entire area. Prayer for our government and its response, um, and and our responsibility on that. For the average citizen, my encouragement would be to spend time looking in the word, obviously, but spend time doing some research on some history and religious and cultural implications. 
it'll kind of help you to understand what's going on over there and why these things will uh, happen uh, when you look at God's word and you look at some history about it. But uh, let's take some caution and some pause and not be so reactive. Virgil. No, I, I- I, I, com- I completely agree with that. And, and Jason, that's what you're advocating. I think there's safety in pausing. There's safety in, uh, in, in, in assessing all of the information possible. And while others may, may see that as problematic or, uh, you know, or, or give you a hard time or others or, or even us as, a, as, as we kind of concur and agree with, with, where, you, with where you stand on that let, let that, let that, let those bullets fly as they may. Uh, I, I'll, stay, I'll stand in that space comfortably recognizing that while uh, evil and brutality and even death in this world is horrific, uh, even even gra- the, the greater horror, the greater tragedy uh, is life, a life separated from God for eternity. And so this is an opportunity as we witness the chaos that is this world uh, for men and women, boys and girls to pause for a moment, to think about their, their, their current life, their current situation, their current status, uh, bow the knee to Christ and him crucified, repent of sin, place their full faith in Christ for the, for the opportunity uh, to have indeed eternal life with God himself. Thank you, Anthony and Virgil. Uh, we'll play some harmony and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. So divided, stop fighting in Santom. We used to be a nation, one united. Now we're headed for a downfall. God let your light shine down. What we need more than anything now. Get to me Open up your eyes